Welcome to Econ on the Go. We're going to shift our focus in the next few episodes to talk about firms with market power. And we're going to begin that conversation by talking about monopoly pricing and price discrimination. Monopolists price where marginal revenue equals marginal cost. The same as all firms when trying to figure out the profit maximizing level. They set marginal revenue equal to marginal cost to figure out the quantity to sell and then go up to the demand curve for that quantity to figure out the price. Monopolists restrict output below the welfare maximizing level where the demand curve equals the marginal cost, thereby creating some deadweight loss. And they follow the optimal markup rule, which is inversely proportional to the demand elasticity, which means that the more inelastic demand is, the closer demand elasticity is to zero, the larger the markup. And the more elastic demand is, the closer elasticity is to minus infinity, the smaller the markup. We've talked about this before. If you're inelastic demand curve, then you want to increase the price because you can. Not many customers will leave. Whereas if you're facing elastic demand, you want to drop the price, lose a little bit of margin, but make it up on volume. Monopolists generally only charge one price, but what if they could charge different prices to different customers? They could increase their profits by capturing some of the consumer surplus that the consumers would get when the monopolists only charge one price. Now, price discrimination is that question of how can we charge different prices to different customers? And price discrimination in particular is charging different prices to different customers for the same or very similar product. The important thing about price discrimination is it is not due to the cost of serve. It's merely based on the preferences of the consumers, but not because it costs different amounts to serve different customers. If that's the case, if prices are different because costs are different, that's just profit maximization. There are three requirements in order for a firm to be able to price discriminate. The first is the firm has to have market power which is sort of obvious because if there is no market power, that means you're a price taker. And if you're a price taker, you can't unilaterally set prices to be what you want to different groups. The second requirement is that you have to have at least two groups with different elasticities, which means the groups have different underlying preferences for the product or service. The reason why the elasticities matter is remember the markup rule we just talked about. The optimal markup is inversely proportional to the demand elasticity. So if you have two different groups with exactly the same demand elasticity, you'd have the exact same markup, which means you'd have the exact same price. So the groups have to have different elasticities, different preferences, in order to have that optimal markup result in different prices. The third requirement is the firm must be able to enforce those price differences. For example, low-price buyers, those who are charged a low price for the good or service, can't resell to the high-price buyers. If they could, then all the high-price buyers would refuse to pay the price and would just buy from the low-price buyers at some agreed negotiated intermediate price. And so the monopolist would only sell to the low-price buyers and therefore only have one price they sell at. So we have the three requirements for price discrimination, and there are three different types of price discrimination. The first one is called first-degree price discrimination. And in this one, the firm knows everything about the consumer's willingness to pay. And they charge each customer their maximum willingness to pay, which means they charge the customers, the consumers, the prices along the demand curve. 
Now, a slightly weaker form of this would be charging different prices to each individual customer or different prices for each individual unit that a customer or consumer purchases. But we can think of this as charging different prices for different units and ideally up to the maximum willingness to pay. An example of this might be like shopping at an outdoor market or a bazaar. When you're shopping at the bazaar, a stall owner may charge different prices to different consumers for the exact same product or service. In particular, if you're thinking about selling uh, different spices or different rugs or different clothes or different fabric, everyone who buys from that vendor could end up paying a different price. And the vendor's goal is to try to charge each customer their maximum willingness to pay. So this is like first-degree price discrimination. The outcome of first-degree price discrimination is that there is no consumer surplus because the producer extracts all the consumer surplus by charging the maximum willingness to pay. But that also means that there is no deadweight loss because the monopolist sells all the way out to the point where demand equals marginal cost. The monopolist sells to every consumer that covers the cost. They just charge every consumer the maximum they're willing to pay above that cost. Second-degree price discrimination is when the firm knows there are at least two groups with different elasticities and preferences, but doesn't know which group you are in before you buy. The way firms go about trying to put in place price discrimination in this case is by creating different products or services based on quality or different packages based on quantity and letting consumers self-select which package they want to buy. So by having high quality, medium quality, and low quality goods at different prices, or having individual units or bundled units, packaged units, say a six-pack or a 24-pack of a soft drink, the producer is letting consumers decide, are they really demanding the product or service, or are they price shopping around in order to get a better deal per unit? So consumers self-select into the package they want or the quality they want and therefore reveal what type of consumer they want when they buy. Third-degree price discrimination is when the firm knows there are at least two groups and knows which group you belong to before you buy and charges different prices for everyone in the same group. So as long as you're in the same group with everyone else, you get the same price. So it's not like first-degree price discrimination with different prices for different individuals. Everyone in the group gets charged the same price, but different groups get charged different prices. And I know who you are before you decide to buy. Examples of this would be things based on age or gender, or if you have a membership in a certain club or not. In this case, for third-degree price discrimination, the firm just sets the demand curve for each group separately and then sets the marginal revenue for each of those groups equal to the constant marginal cost that the firm has across all the groups. So it's the same process that the monopolist goes through to figure out one price, setting marginal revenue equal to marginal cost. But in this case, there are different marginal revenues for different groups because the different groups have different demand curves. Now, a key about third-degree price discrimination is to make sure these groups are created legally. Avoid disparate treatment and disparate impact. Disparate treatment means you purposely decide to charge protected groups a higher price and disadvantage them. And disparate impact means you may not purposely be trying to do that, but the result of your policies are that they do pay a higher price or they are disadvantaged. 
That's monopoly pricing and price discrimination. Remember, pricing always comes from finding the quantity where marginal revenue equals marginal cost, and then figuring out the price at which consumers will pay for that quantity. Price discrimination is where you charge different prices to different consumers to capture more of the consumer surplus that the consumers get when you just charge one price. Next time, we're going to talk about additional pricing strategies that firms with market power try to enact in order to increase their profits. We'll be right back. 